Welcome to the Apple of Truth, our weekly podcast where we cover every single episode of Lucifer while celebrating the great parts, pointing out the bad parts, and answering questions you never even knew you had. I'm Lena. And I'm Vero. And we can't wait to share our love and hate for your favorite characters. Today we're talking about Season 4, Episode 5. Expire erect. And the German title is extremely literal. I die with a raised member. <laughs> Let's see what this episode is about. Lucy is looking for closure, which lands him and the crew within a kidnapping situation at Lux that nearly kills him, makes Ella lose even more of her faith, and proves that Chloe still cares. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And speaking of... The obsession of the week must be closure. Yes! It must. And this puts us at 3-2-2. Two, two. So agreement is on the rise. Please tell me the funs and facts, please, first. So this week for the facts and funs, we have first-time director Viet Nguyen, who will come back for two more episodes in the future. We have six-time writer Mike Costa... Season 3, episode 18, The Last Heartbreak, was his most recent episode. We like my Costa. The title, of course, was set by Lucifer and might be a horrible pun of Die Hard, which was pointed out by AV Club reviewer Latoya Ferguson. Okay, well, let's start this episode with a previously on Lucifer. Ames and Linda are expecting a baby. Mason done, have done some shady stuff to Together, Ella is struggling with her fate. Chloe saw Lucy's devil face and didn't take it too well at first, but now she wants to make up. But in the meantime, Eve shows up and accepts Lucifer for all he really is. Nice. Proceed. We have the worst cold open we've had in a while. Because I think you and me are in agreement. This trope. We hate seeing something and then fade to black X amount of hours earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I hate that. So let's ignore the horrible trope and go right into our regular storytelling. And we start in a penthouse with my first great song note. So please let me know what is this song. Yeah, this song is actually not bad at all. It would have been on my list of possible backups. It's called Shake shake by Nessie and well I have two notes on the scene one we are really really taking advantage of the topless Tom Ellis in this season so far and I am here for it but also you have mentioned and I'm not really sure if that actually ended up making it into the episode or if it ended up in the bonus you've mentioned the smoking thing and that Lucifer never actually takes a proper drag out of a cigarette and I have noticed that he does in the scene as yes. well as Eve. This is one of the extremely rare instances where you see Lucifer actually lighting up and smoking something without a cut in between. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, there is a second song in the scene. Oh, you mean the thing that he plays on the piano. I don't write these down. As long as it's not painfully obvious or he's not singing, I don't write them down. But share with the audience. The song he plays on the piano is called Streets of Cairo. And while I know this song very well, I was never aware of its name. And now I know it, so I was very, very happy. Nice. But for me, there are two things I really want to point out in this scene. 
Mm-hmm. A. Eve is wearing a me costume, which is mm-hmm. hilarious, but Eve should not have a belly button. I know what you're saying, but also... Do you agree with me? Technically in canon, yes, but also Good. I don't see why not. It doesn't bother me, I'm gonna put it that way. But I know what you're saying and where you're coming from, and you're right. Technically, she shouldn't. And B. Lucifer is not happy being called boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, uh, commitments, right? Commitment issues are a big, big thing, especially... Yeah, what are him. those? I have n- never heard of that. Wouldn't wouldn't be able to tell you, I don't know. I just heard that term. This was for me the moment where it became painfully clear to me that Eve is the definition of a rebound. Mm-hmm. This only gets solidified throughout the episode, especially at the very end. And as much as I'm still not a fan of Eve, she does not deserve to be just a rebound. Let's talk about that later because I feel like there is a lot of things that happen in this episode where we gonna get a little bit of a better picture of this situation. Anyway, we finished this scene with Lucifer actually breaking the fourth wall, which I think is absolutely brilliant. So this is not how it actually happened. This is how he remembers it and how he tells it to Linda because we now immediately get to Linda's office and Lucifer finishing up his story. Mostly for me, Lucy is very much deflecting and leaning towards denial in this communication because he is not honest with himself or with Eve or with himself about Eve when it comes to all of this. And Linda, once again, does the, in my opinion, best approach when it comes to therapy for Lucifer. So this is something that I've been really, really enjoying that she is now trying for the more explicit direct approach with him. She goes with the proper closure. But Lucy wouldn't be Lucy if he didn't turn it into I just need another case with Chloe so it's my official last case and then I will find closure, period. Which, spoiler alert, doesn't work. Not in the way he expects. Yeah, well, obviously. But it does work in some way. However, we rush to our crime scene with a great song. Yes, second note, great song. More like just the instrumental version of a great song called Come Save Me by Jay Price. And this actually would have been my Devils in the Music if I was able to find more information on this. So I know that Jay Price is a musician that has a whole bunch of music out, but I just couldn't find enough sufficient information to be able to talk about that song or this artist in more detail. So unfortunately, too bad for you, Lina. Well, we'll see what I do with this in the summoning episode. And I already (laughs) have two songs in my backlog. Well, don't forget to write it on your little list. It's all in there. Okay. Apart from the song, I really enjoyed the scene because this gave me flashbacks to Once Upon a Time when Ella has the garage. Oh yeah, I think that was meant that way as well. And I really enjoy her being into cars. I mean, this is also canon with the whole episode with her brother and her and Dan breaking into the garage mechanics thingy ages ago. Still, it's so much fun to see her being this excited about cars and knowing Mm -hmm. so much. Yeah. And at the same time, Ella being still fully on Team Decastar was also a lot 
of fun. And both of this climaxing in Chloe is going to ask Lucifer for a proper car. Yeah. That was really nicely done and I enjoyed this a lot writing-wise. I knew that was going to happen, so I got very excited. Also, I kind of expected that Ella would warm her way in to the exhibition, seeing how excited she was, which unfortunately didn't happen. But, I mean, at least she got to research the cars, I suppose. I feel like Ella is handicapped with her struggle of her faith Mm. in being her usual self in other areas as well. Mm. Yeah, possible. It just was nice to see the little glimpse of her old self in this scene. Yeah, absolutely. Now we have a proper alibi established for Chloe, what she's going to be doing. Obviously, we have to go back to the penthouse with Lucifer and Eve. And Eve is just being so domestic. And Lucifer is so uncomfortable with it. It's On the one hand, it's fucking hilarious. On the other hand, it's so cringy. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't have anywhere else to go, to be fair. And Come on. He has more than enough money to pay for a place. Well, yes. But, you know, that's not very polite. And I don't think that he minds her there as long as she doesn't call him, you know. I think that he enjoys having her around, except for the commitment part. So, you know. And just when he's about to enjoy himself with dong, but time, the elevator pings open, which, I mean, come on, perfect comedic timing. I very much was there for it, Mm. especially with his reaction to gathering up his pants and Chloe being very like, what's going on? So that was a lot of fun to me. And then, of course, the conversation goes on and Chloe drops the, we have a very good closure rate. And this is where Lucifer perks up. What did you say? Closure. It's so cheap. It's just so cheap. But it's also very, very Lucifer. It is, for sure. Like, I'm sorry, did he just leave Eve in the shower without telling her anything and just leaves? Yes. At the end of this, we get the title card. That we do. And then we move over to the auction. Yay! We do get a song as we move over. It's called Great Intentions by D'Amato. I unfortunately was not able to add this one to our list because the song is on Spotify, but it is not available for me in my country. And now I have a first question immediately. It is about the car, and I wonder if you are just going to say the answer to my question. Is this the car that Lucifer drives in the alternate universe? It's not. No. Okay. In the AU, he drives a Corvette, and this car is a 1963 Aston Martin DB4. It's very pretty. Only 70 cars were made. That was must not have been cheap to get that car on the show. And a fun side note from IMDb, which I was too lazy to check. The license plate number 6PCI483 of the victim's car and on Lucifer's car are identical. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> what are the chances? Maybe Lucifer's the murderer. Dum, dum, dum. And as this scene starts and as I realize that we are going to this expo, I remembered the joke and it flooded me with happiness. I <laughs> want to point out that this oh. is the first time it gets acknowledged within the show that usually Chloe is the one doing the chasing while Lucifer watches or does the chasing 
existing in some kind of metaphysical way off screen or finds another way to stop the suspect. You mean get so, him tired? <laughs> because the only instance where we actually see Lucifer physically chasing after the suspect is in the AU episode Once Upon a Time and I pointed that out. See, there's so many callbacks to this episode. Yes, I'm I love sure it. that they picked the color of the car because they had the red car in the alternative universe. Probably. But before this whole thing with the wheel happens, mm. Lucifer... Higher. No, that was deliberate. Lucifer smells Chloe and she notices and is utterly freaked out by it and I really appreciated it. I mean, wouldn't you be if your co-worker just came up to you and sniffed you? Take time to smell the detective. Yep, Lucy, not creepy at all. No, they say just stop and smell the roses. Enjoy the moment. It's the same thing. Absolutely, for sure. Except he's saying it in literal. But at the end of the scene, Chloe sees that Lucy is hanging up on Eve. And she sees, I'm pretty sure she sees the name, right? Because like you see... No, she Eve. sees her face. Oh. Ah, it's just a face. Her face is on the screen. And that's where she notices and realizes that this is the girl from the auction. But she sees that Lucy is hanging up on her instead of talking with her. So there is tension building. The tension carries us right over to the next moment because once again, Amenadiel in the penthouse is the one who has no idea what is going on. Yeah, we get a great song in the transition of the scenes called Automatic Response by Tristan Ivemi and Jemmy Jones. And yeah, I am extremely excited that we're getting at least a little bit of an exposition dump at this moment because there's a lot of things that you've mentioned in the last episode which get now addressed, at least in certain amount. I felt so fucking validated in this moment. Yeah, yeah. So first second was, oh, fuck, right. No one told him any deal. Nobody ever does. Exactly, because nobody ever tells him anything. But he recovers very, very quickly from this. And his initial reaction is, did you hurt Lucifer? And I was like, yes, thank you, Amenadiel, for sharing my worries. But then he pointed out something that I had not even actively considered. Cain and Abel are her sons. Mm -hmm. And they're both in hell. And at least partially, it's Lucy's fault. But most importantly for me, we get confirmation here that Eve met Charlotte. Yes. And this is what I was saying from the moment she showed up when she said that she greeted all the new souls that mm -hmm. arrive in heaven. So this for me means Eve has more information than she has actively shared mm -hmm. and just grows my suspicion of her. Yeah. But while most of these parts and bits and communications felt validating. I also got an answer to one of my questions. Why did Eve have a body available? And it gets answered because it is a body made by God. Oh, this, okay. this is the reason why she could just slip her soul back into her old body uh -huh. without now being a completely decayed zombie. Yeah, yeah, that actually makes sense. She does also call Abel sweet and gentle, which feels like she has not really met him. Well, she didn't have that long with him, so... True, true, true. It's just, oh, my sweet and gentle Abel. I'm like, what? 
are we talking about the same person here? It can be her playing on again the naivete and like pretending that she is way more innocent than she actually is. Or it could be that he just was like that. And then maybe millennia in hell change you. But from what we heard from Cain, Abel was like that before he died. Or at least in some sort of way. He definitely had some sort of inclination towards being a fucking asshole. Mothers tend to be more forgiving of certain behaviors. Especially if he was her favorite. Exactly. And if he was her favorite, then it's just more fuel to the fire that Cain would snap at the very end. Yes, exactly. Last but not least, mm-hmm. we get a potential repercussion for Eve leaving heaven. And I had not considered this. And this I find extremely interesting. Mm-hmm. That now that Eve left heaven, if she dies again, she might actually go to hell. Mm-hmm. Which is something that she's prepared to do, by the way. She thought about this. Yeah, if she is prepared to go to hell, she is very much betting on her relationship with Lucifer to work out. Which brings me to either she is that naive or she truly believes that her plan will work. However, to me as a viewer, Lucifer will inevitably break up with her at some stage because he will not stay with her. He is destined to be with Chloe. So this is a good potential to get something very intense and fun plot point for the future. And I mean, it's necessary. It's gonna happen. And it brings us to what Father Kinley said. When Lucifer's first love walks the earth, something bad happens. I don't remember. I didn't write it down. Demons will walk the earth. Is that what what it said? Pretty sure. Evil. I think it says evil will walk the earth. Oh, yeah, sorry. Evil. So... Ooh, maybe Eve is the evil that will walk the earth. And that's because what I'm snaps. thinking. Because <gasps> if she gets pissed at Lucifer for leaving her, which has to happen, like there is at no way point, around yeah. it. We don't know it's going to happen sooner or later. It's going to happen. It must happen. Deckerstar. I mean, come on. She may be the havoc that's going to... I love the idea that Eve might turn out to be the evil walking the earth because, mm-hmm, because of her evil. whole innocent and naive uh, no I'm just gonna ignore that (laughs) I mean it was right there somebody had to do it did we do I wouldn't be me so yeah this is this is definitely something that they've been hinting on with when they actually said the prophecy for the first time showing us Eve straight away and I am very excited about that about the prospect of that. Because when they said the prophecy, it was like, ah, so maybe Eve is the first love, but now it might also be Eve is the evil that will walk the earth. Mm-hmm. So potential double entendre. Woo! I like it. I still don't yeah. like Eve, but I like the potentials that are being set up all around her. Yeah. I mean, this is the halfway point through the season. Yeah, which in parts felt kind of disappointing, but we're going to talk about that. Oh, yeah, for sure. But like, yeah, they are setting up themselves for a whole bunch of shit to rain on our parade. Yeah, let's go with that. So we have the Kinley situation. We have the whole Eve situation. It's a bomb about to explode. Kinley, don't believe that he's going to stay in prison. You know, like there's a lot of things that will go wrong. There's the whole baby thing. There's going to be so much shit happening. Maybe the baby is the evil that's going to walk the earth because the Mm. timing is kind of sus a little bit huh hey 
We only have five episodes to go, so I'm sure we'll know soon. Let's just move on to the precinct for now and just talk about Lucifer being complete fucking idiot by outing his sources like that. Did you catch the extremely weak Wizard of Oz reference? No, because I've never actually seen the entire thing. Oh, wow. Okay. When Dorothy says goodbye to uh, the lion, the tin man and the scarecrow, Mm -hmm. she basically goes through the same setting, like, I'm gonna miss you and I'm gonna miss you. And then she goes, I think I'm gonna miss you most of all. And Lucifer goes with the unnamed uni. I think I'm gonna miss you most of all. And it was like, oh wow, we really went there. Nice. That is actually adorable. Right? So, going back into the episode, Chloe is completely in denial, in my opinion, about things going back to normal soon and not being worried. Because, duh, girl, yes, you are worried. And, duh, nothing is going back to normal anytime soon. I mean, in all fairness, if Eve weren't Eve... The Eve, if it was just some rando from the street, I probably wouldn't be worried either. But she doesn't know that it's Eve. She doesn't know the extent of Eve's knowledge. I can understand why she feels secure because like there's no way she's gonna know him like I know him. But also, girl, there are more Celestials out there. He has an angelic brother, Linda knows, Mace is a demon. She already knows that she's not the only vanilla human in the know. So I feel like this is unusual not smart for Chloe, hence my she's in denial because if she thought about it reasonably she would consider possibilities and then be a bit more worried chloe is currently full-on swimming in the river of africa full-on absolutely to wrap this scene up i want to make a complaint Mm -hmm. is this already the end of darker dan well as we see throughout the rest of the episode no i don't think so he is struggling the entire episode to not be darker dan and while I would be happy if he progressed this quickly. It doesn't feel like he progressed. It's more like he's subduing Darker Dan. Mm -hmm. And I want more proper Darker Dan, more proper Spiral, so he can healthily and proper heal and then emerge. Well, I have a question for you in return. Is Maze hitting on Dan? Or is she just that excited about the idea of violence? Yes. Okay, okay. The violence. So is the violence with Mace. In my opinion, the possible corruption of Dan is what excites her. Yeah, the fact that she could seduce him to hell. Basically. Rather than if she could seduce him as a person, sexually. This is very much the Mephisto Faust. Like, take this soul, draw it away from its actual path, turn it onto darkness and lead it towards hell. And if you manage that, then you shall have succeeded. This is the bet that God and Mephisto have in Faust for Faust's soul. Yeah. And so this to me felt kind of reminiscent of that. But like I said, I want proper Darker Dan, not just the one scene. (laughs) Fair. As we follow the lead and drive up to our new suspect's place, Chloe seems to be trying really hard to rebuild their relationship. She doesn't seem to be ready to let go of the last case with the last case. And I guess she really meant it when she said that she wants to keep him in her life, which kind of gives me a little bit of a, you know, happiness to see. Yes, but... (laughs) Where is the but? There is so one. There's always a but. 
I agree with everything you say, but I feel when she goes, if you ever need to talk about anything, it feels too little too late. Well, yeah, but yes, but you're absolutely right. It's a little bit too late. It's because all of the shit happened and she said what she said and Eve showed up and everything. Yes, it's too late. But also I appreciate the effort. I appreciate that she is trying to be verbal about talking to Lucifer, which is something that they've been both avoiding for the longest of times. So it just gives me more hope for them actually being able to work through this, which is something that's gonna prove me wrong later on in the episode. I see the glimmer of hope. I wanted more than talk about anything. That's fair. I'm gonna say one more thing, and that is that I love Chloe's shoes. It's great, and I want the shoes. I did not notice the shoes. Very good. So I'm gonna transition us very harshly over to the precinct, because here it becomes so incredibly, painfully obvious that neither Chloe nor Lucifer want this case to end. And poor Ella, she has no other focus in her current life except work. So she covered all her bases, she secured all the exits, she made fucking sure that there was no exit point, no hitch, no crump, nothing. No weak link. All the bases were covered. And Chloe and Lucifer are so sad, both. She doesn't pick up on it, which is also funny and so much Ella. Because she's too preoccupied with herself. She doesn't have the capacity to To pick up on things around her. And so this sadness between Chloe and Lucifer climaxes in the world's worst, saddest handshake. Not just because of the context, but also because of the hands. It's like two dead fish. Did you look at that handshake? Because they didn't want to do it. It's so horrible. It's so, so, so horrible. There is no honesty in that handshake. And yes, if you don't have honesty in the handshake, it's going to be like a dead fish. Yes, but both sides. So the last thing I want to say about this scene is that I kind of understand Lucifer, why he's trying to make this a clean break, because... It's just easier to deal with than being staying in each other's lives. So I don't think that he fully consciously knows why he's doing this. But I think he's not completely wrong in saying that it's better for both of them. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I admire his maturity. Maturity, as some people would say. When we then go to the party at Lux and listen to For My Eyes Only by New City, we get to see one of the sweetest and cutest things that happens in this entire episode. And this is one of the moments that make it really, really difficult for me to hate Eve right now. Because the entire Ella-Eve interaction is up absolutely the cutest shit ever. It's so cute. It's very, very well done because Ella noticing that that is Eve and she goes, let me give you a piece of my mind. And Eve going like, oh my God, you're Ella. Lucy always talks about you. You're so amazing. And then she hugs her out of everything that she could have done. I mean, yes, when we talk about it like this, it feels calculated, but also it's just so sweet and How dare you use hugs against me? And this is the thing. On the surface, this is the most adorable shit ever. Mm -hmm. But if Lucy actually shared all this information, especially later on, we realize that he seems to have shared a shit ton about Mm -hmm. 
all the people that he's interacted with. Has he though? That means how else would she know? Either she found out information otherwise, which just makes her worse, or he actually shared all of this, which would fit Lucifer because he go does back, share go all back, of things. Yeah. Yeah, go go back to random encounters he had with strange women where he just overshared all of his situation. So yeah. It makes sense that he shares all of this. But since Eve has all of this information, to me, it has this aftertaste of being thoroughly calculated. Yeah, I don't disagree. This is exactly my issue. I really, really love these moments. They make me so happy, but they make me extremely suspicious. And I'm like, I don't want to be suspicious because it's just so sweet to watch and I want to see more of this. But also, I don't because I don't trust her. It's just this weird mixed thing in my brain and I just can't deal. And then it gets worse because Eve goes, you want to have some of my drugs? And Anna goes like, sure, why not? That's a great idea. Let's take some more and if you're like me and you've never taken a chemical drug in your life, like a proper chemical synthesized drug, and you have no idea what Molly is or does or where it comes from, you need to listen to a lengthy Devils in the Details where I go into this in detail, as the name says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now we get that moment when we kind of move to the Ben house and we see Aminadiel approaching Lucifer asking why didn't you tell me that Eve is here and I screamed in my notes at Aminadiel because he never tells you anything yeah it's cute that Aminadiel is worried for Lucifer and that he verbalizes this worry and we get the whole like Lucy doesn't get closure yaddy yaddy now heading back downstairs we see that Chloe is back we see that Ella is high as a kite. I fucking love that. Not that I am here to support chemical drugs or anything like that, but the way I'm not, you know, like, these things can be dangerous. If if you want to hear all about the side effects and stuff like that, please do listen to the lengthy devils in the details in the bonus. However, the way Amy Garcia portrays Ella for the rest of this episode is absolutely fucking brilliant. It's so good. Yes. I was very much confused why Chloe was even at Lux, but of course it makes sense within the setting of the episode and everything. But apart from Ella being super high, this must be what hugging a Muppet must feel like. So good. Just just perfection. Eve shows up and starts talking to Chloe. And I love the fact that Chloe catches on this quickly. Mm -hmm. When she goes like, wait, Eve, the Eve from the beginning of time? Eve? Because this is what I expect of her. And the denial drops down and she's like, okay, we are fucked. And Lucifer shows up and she goes like, this is your ex-girlfriend from the beginning of time. Which, yep, yep, she ain't wrong. But before the situation can even try to be resolved, the dude shows up and Lucifer gets shot. And because Chloe is way too close to him, he is very vulnerable. And just to make this scene perfect, Ella is so high that nothing really registers for her. Mm-hmm. Perfect comedic relief. I feel like I need to rewatch from this scene on just to specifically focus on Amy Garcia. 
just to watch her. If you want to do this, start the episode at 22nd minute. I might actually do it because she is just so good at this. And you have mentioned the little details of the fun and facts. And I just kind of want to see it all. But with this moment, there comes the thing that I actually did not like about the episode. And that is the fact that I do not understand the motivations of this dude. Even when they get explained at the very end. It just feels so overly aggressive. It feels way out of character from how he presents himself, even what he what we learn about him later. Like, why did he shoot Lucifer so quickly? He didn't even let him finish a sentence. He could have just stopped him and threatened him. It just didn't make any sense to me. And from that point on, the case of the week is just so over the top. And I could not get myself to understand what's happening there. The only good thing about the case of the week is that this time it's not the first person we meet who's the bad guy. And aside from that, I do not care about the case of the week. The involved people are irrelevant, their motivations are stupid, and none of it is entertaining, interesting, or fun. I don't think I have a single note on the actual case. I mean, you know what? On one hand, I appreciate the plot twist. I think it's good. I did not like it. I appreciate that we have a female character not to be the dumb one for a change. You know, there is a lot of details that I'm like, I'm okay with that. But like the overall expression, especially what Marco, I think that's his name, what he does in this scene specifically. And then from now on, it just doesn't make any sense. So I just wanted to get this out there. There will be a couple of more. Uh, scattered notes on that topic from myself but I will try to refrain from complaining too much I won't be complaining because I simply didn't take notes cool okay well now I have a question about the next scene yes did Dan get promoted again to his old position or like they just conveniently forgot that he got demoted or anything because it feels very strange to me that he is ordering the SWAT team around if he's supposedly this like a lower level detective It felt to me that while he tells them nobody goes in unless I say so, they're like, yeah, we're in position and we're gonna see. I feel like he is behaving like he has a certain position, but he doesn't actually. But he clearly is in charge of getting the message across and stuff like that. So like he clearly has some sort of a say, you know? Because he has field experience. So to me, it makes sense that the group goes like, okay, he has experience. And so it might make sense to listen to him. But I don't think that he has the actual commanding position of a detective. I don't think that they forgot that he doesn't have it but I think he is deliberately ignoring his actual position because of the situation because Chloe is in danger yeah I suppose that would make kind of sense I don't know it just felt wrong it was yeah, just I know weird what you that the SWAT leader was even talking to him since the SWAT leader didn't seem that compliant I was okay with it but I fully understand where you're coming from I had a misinterpretation because when it goes like yeah food delivery needs to be done and Mace walks in and was like oh is Mace gonna deliver the food and and just take the dude out. Ooh, that would definitely be a fun option. I feel like that would be fucking hilarious. But no, Mace is gonna find a wife. This is what she wants to do as well. Yeah, but she's a bounty hunter. So it makes sense that Dan utilizes her to find the wife. Yeah, I like the fact that we see that both Dan and Mace are affected by the fact that their favorite people are on the inside or 
people who yeah. they care about. For Mace, it has the extra layer of Lux being her first home on Earth. So this is all very well handled to see their upset and everything and the way they decide to. She phrases it so wonderfully with Luxus under siege. Oh yeah, yeah, good wording there, Mace. I'm so there for it. So we go back to Lux, which is under siege. Eve is just being fully supportive. We get more confirmation that Lucifer did talk quite a bit about his life. She's very supportive of Chloe because you're the smartest, most capable person. Which seems to help Chloe focus her brain, which is nice. So she seems to be, Eve seems to be good with that, right? She seems to be good at caring for other people's needs and saying the exact right thing. Now I'm curious because Chloe goes like, do you have any superpowers? And Eve goes like, no, I'm like basically just human. And I'm not sure if that is true because so far everyone has taken an explicit liking to Eve. And this gets even more explicit later on. Then I wonder if Eve does have some kind of superpower, which is being liked. See, I'd say more that her superpower could be the fact that she was created to please and this is gonna sound bad but like I'm like yeah, she was no, created right. as a, for Adam to please him so now her superpower might be to please people to figure out what, what they like they what they need at that moment and give it to them which results in her being liked well yes I'm curious if she really doesn't have a superpower because, especially at the end of the episode, it makes no sense to me that everyone likes her so much. I get it because she is so nice. She's just so nice. Like, even my note here is she is so nice to Chloe that it makes me, it makes it so difficult for me to hate her. And like, I don't actively hate her. This is ringing all the warning bells in my brain and just making me more apprehensive of her. That's the thing. It's just, I enjoy watching her making other people feel good and I don't want to say she is 100% always calculating because that doesn't necessarily need to be true. I believe that she is often calculated. I believe that a lot of the things that she does when she does them for a purpose, they are well thought through. But there is nothing she could gain for herself for being nice to Chloe right now, except for the of fact course. that that may help Chloe to focus on and come up with a plan. Okay, A, Chloe is the best bet to get out of this shit situation. So it is mandatory and super important to get Chloe focused. So this is benefit A. Benefit B, she knows that Chloe is important to Lucifer. And the quickest way to turn Lucifer's affections towards her against her is by alienating Chloe. If Eve were engaging into a bitch fest with Chloe, there is a much too high risk that the still existing feelings Lucifer has towards Chloe would turn Lucifer against Eve. So it is in her best interest, both now in this situation, but also in general, to be cordial with Chloe. Yes, but it doesn't necessarily mean that she needs to be this nice to her. Yes, because she needs to focus Chloe in the situation. You know, there's no point in talking about in detail about this because I just don't see it that way. I don't think that every single thing that she does, I don't think it's calculated. I don't think everything is calculated. I believe that a lot of what she does is, but I don't think everything is. And I know that you disagree, but like, yes. Perfectly fine. At the end of this, Chloe assigns tasks to everyone. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And Lucifer's task is to sober up Ella, which he says, well, that's not an option, but I can get her focused and pulls out the baggie of cocaine. I didn't realize it was cocaine, actually, until like the next scene, because I thought that I saw pills in the baggie, which confused me. Got explained later on. However... To me, at this moment, my only concern was hoping that the combination of everything that she took, none of the things, is actually too addictive because I worry what that would do in the future for Ella. That did not even cross my mind, I have to say. Mm. You never know. Now, we jumped out of Lux for a short moment to watch Mace at work. And it's just so good, isn't she? And also she's not wrong because shared office workspace is hell and torture. I can't imagine. I mean, it's not enough that you have to sit on your arse all day long and stare at a screen. Well, that's not the issue. I do that all day long. Yeah, but like to me, the horror of that combined with the fact that you have people around you who do the same thing and with whom you do not actually work together that's the horrible thing about shared workspace people with different projects from different companies who have nothing to do with each other sit in the same room if you sit together with your co-workers then you can actually use like synergy and talk about projects and go on a rage together about a customer or a project or a bug or something but when you sit together with people that you have nothing to connect with you are fucking as lonely and alone while being amongst people. And that, in my opinion, is the worst. Oh, well. Yeah. With this short stint, then catching the dude that Mace flushed out, we go back to Lux. Eve says something along the lines of he can't die or something. Like, not when we just found each other. Again. And I'm like, you didn't find each other. You came to him. You seeked him out. See, I wasn't really paying attention to that bit as much because I realized something in the scene and it was like when you turn the light bulb on. It's the fucking parallel that I should have seen ages ago because they've said this so many times. Eve was made for Adam. Chloe was made for Lucifer. The fact that she says, I was made for Adam and nobody gave me a choice until I met Lucifer. And Lucifer, the thing that he's always wanted to do from the very beginning was to give Chloe a choice. Yes. Because it's just fucking mind-blowing in this moment. I did not connect that. And it just made me so fucking happy. It was so good. It is really nice storytelling. And also, it makes so much sense that Eve is so fucking hung up on Lucifer. Yeah. Because he was literally the first creature to ask her what she wants. Exactly. And so I can totally understand and empathize that she is so hyper-focused on him and sees him as basically the answer to all her desires and questions. Who can blame her? (laughs) One more thing about this scene. We get to see coked up Ella for the first time. She has a little conversation with Lucifer and tells him to fuck off about the whole Chloe situation and like whatever gets said gets said. But oh my god, coked up Ella? I'm in love. It's just so funny. So yeah. Also, a little complaint again about the case. Dude doesn't even pay attention to the hostages. Like, how are not people sneaking out from the back? Like, what? Yeah, I feel like Chloe would have had ample opportunity to take him out. Right? Like, they're just going around. Like, Eve went behind the bar to get the bandages and they keep bringing more drinks to Lucifer and stuff like that. And nobody... He doesn't even care. He He doesn't even comment on that. But yeah, so if we go to... 
another thing about the case to see Leona slash Amy. Uh, fun fact, I know the actress. I had to Google her, but I know her from Once Upon a Time. She's Cinderella. Oh, so did she work... On the episode Tom Ellis, was it? I don't think so. If I remember correctly, Cinderella shows up later, but I don't know. It's been years since I watched that, so possible, but not. I have nothing for the Leona thing. Dan is struggling and I feel sorry for him and that's it. I was surprised that he cares so much because the way he was behaving lately, it didn't feel like he did. So maybe this is going to light a bit of a fire under him to get himself better. This is why it feels to me like Darker Dan is already over because he's back to caring. Eh, we'll see. We'll see what's going to happen there. Yeah. But we go back to Lux and now we have the food delivery that I already complained about because he gets the sandwich, green onions and ranch dressing. And while he unpacks it, he has both hands on the sandwich. I mean, come on. How much better an opportunity do you want? For some reason, the sandwich ends up in Chloe's hands, which I don't get. Why would he give her the sandwich? I think he threw it on the floor. He didn't actually give it to her. He threw it on the floor, shouting at her, saying the thing about, I hope they are better at finding people than taking food orders or some bullshit like that. And he just throws it on the floor and she grabs it. The dude must be so hungry. I mean, come on. If you're hungry, wouldn't you just eat the fucking sandwich unless i was allergic to anything in there also onions and ranch like like yeah, it's why not, not it's not even that bad yeah like come on it's also now i want subway <sighs> after he drops the sandwich on the floor and chloe picks it up we are right in the moment where we begun the episode because ella is freaking out and eve's solution is to kiss her which Works. given the side effects of mdma actually makes sense but also makes sense in all my tinfoil had thoughts about Eve. So yay on that. And of course we get now the explanation for our title. Because Lucifer enjoys watching the two of them make out with each other. And now he's going to expire erect. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that it's supposed to be a fancy way of saying die hard. I can't I mean, believe I, it. It makes sense. I mean it makes sense but also like. Come on! Also, it completely makes sense for Lucifer to put it that way, but come on! Oh. I mean, it's just the German version. Ich sterbe mit erhobenem Glied. It's like, what? As we are watching this beautiful scene we've already seen, thank you very much, we get a quick cut outside where Leona is insisting to go in, which felt really weird after she refused to go in the first place. Like, that was a big red flag for me. And then I remembered actually the plot twist. But like, what? I cared so little about this plot that I didn't even catch that she was insisting on going in alone. And I don't have a single note. Yeah, well, she goes in and as we cut back inside, yay, Chloe is finally conducting a plan. And... Fuck's sake, Chloe, super cop, so fucking badass. She uses everything and everyone at her disposal. I love super cop Chloe. Yes, I absolutely agree. And then we get the plot twist where she Leona stabs him. stabs him. Just stabs him. Yeah. I did not see that coming. I did not fucking see that coming. That she would just stab him. Stabity stab. Yep. The dude drops. And for some reason, Lucifer crawls towards him, like, that's what it feels like. And then just drops unconscious or something. Like, what was the point of that? 
Because he's a petty dickhead. And he looks like shit. Yes, he looks like shit and he's a little shit. He crawls in just to laugh at his face, to say, at least now you know how it feels like. Ha 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 And like, it's completely worth it in his eyes. It's so funny. But at this moment, I pose the question, why if Chloe was able so easily travel around Lux and move around however she wanted, why didn't she just go to the opposite side of Lux and let him heal? Like, I don't think she knows all the details about like how much distance they need and all of that. I don't think he shared that information with her. Yes, but like she knows that when she's close, he's vulnerable. Yeah, but close can mean so many things. Why doesn't she try? I don't know. It was just weird. It's the same reasoning why Lucifer took so fucking long to figure out how far away from her he has to be. It's it's the same reasoning. I'm full of questions because now I have another one, apparently. And that is because at this stage, Chloe starts pushing Amy into the corner or Leona into the corner and tells her, oh, you're planning on leaving and then pushing the button anyway and then blame it on the guy. Sure, that sounds like a great plan. And I'm like, does it really though? Because... How does she keep the people inside if she's getting herself into safe distance away from the bomb so she's not inside with the gun anymore? How I don't does that think work? that Chloe actually thinks it's a great plan. She's oh, just keeping her occupied and But the talking. fact that Leona thinks that it's the plan and the fact that Marco, Marco the stabbed guy, was gonna do something like that as well. Like, what's wrong with them? Are they completely... What?! I didn't care about the case, so I ignored it. She's supposed to be the mastermind of the... What? Anyway, so this is the last time... I mean, come on. If she is the mastermind, it makes... It it is not surprising that Marco is as stupid as he is. Yeah, true. But it is surprising that he was the only one who got caught. Because the other two are dead. Yes, but they didn't get caught. You know, he went to prison for the robbery. Yeah, true. So, you know, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) While Chloe is dealing with Leona, Amy, whatever, Eve and Ella are on mission for the bomb. And I need to point out two things about the bomb. The bomb. Information one, taken directly from IMDb, which is hilarious. I just wanted to like include it. The bomb contains an arrangement of wires with each color matching a stripe of the rainbow and placed in reverse rainbow order. Aww. Rainbows historically have symbolized hope and miracles. Aww. And I'm just gonna go to the end of the scene because I'm wrapping up the bomb talk. After Ella diffuses the bomb, we have a close-up and of course I went into freeze-framing. It's the same chords. Not a single chord has been cut. All wires are intact. Oh, I thought that the nope. one that was like downwards. I <laughs> went back first close up of the bomb, second close up of the bomb. And so I checked and there is a theory that this actually is an intervention by the big guy because she did pray. And she doesn't realize that she didn't cut any wires because she was so coked up. Yeah, that would actually make sense. That's interesting. Maybe Ella got a literal miracle, which she didn't realize because she was so drugged up. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's just a continuity error and they forgot to cut a visible wire. Yeah. We get Eve seeing Chloe lying on top of Lucifer and we get to see a little hint of jealousy. I think she catches on. This is the beginning of her catching on how important Chloe is. Yeah. 
it accumulates to the very end of the episode with the vulnerability thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is the beginning, in my opinion. Yeah. And also this moment is eye-opening for Lucifer because he realizes that Chloe actually cares about him enough to sacrifice herself for him, which he did not expect. And yeah. I think this is a big turning point in their relationship coming from him yeah. because he was very down and very disappointed with the situation. He thought he was unlovable. And this proves to him that that might not be true. The thing is, he was so sure that she would never be able to accept him. But she still cares. Mm-hmm. She cares deeply enough to... Sacrifice herself. To cover him with her own body, to potentially protect his corpse against the bomb blast. So she cares and that might be enough. It's a start. Yeah. And Eve knows what she's up against but we transition outside to see Lucifer lying on one of the gurneys and Eve pouring alcohol into his supposed IV bag or something. <laughs> According so to IMDb funny. this is not the type of IV bag where you put in the fluids for your... um like This doesn't go into your veins. This goes somewhere else but I don't know enough medical things. Like Apparently it's the wrong type of bag but I don't know enough. So if you are in a medical profession please go back to minute 42 and 30 seconds have a look at the bag and let us know if that is the correct bag to put in fluids to go into your veins and so we have the conversation and during the conversation we get another song called strange desire by lizzie land which is a youtube only really strange desire in that context absolutely They're on fire again. It's yep, wild. They know what they do. So Chloe comes up to him and asks him how he's feeling. And he says, I started feeling better the moment I got out on the street. Well, no shit, Sherlock, because you were Duh. far away enough from Chloe to start healing. Just Come on. This is what I've been saying all along. So I get the moment of satisfaction. Thank you very much. Then we get a little bit of a self-blaming Daniel. Which doesn't stay long with him because he gets distracted by Ella being high on cocaine. She's so coked up. It's so funny. And this is, for me, one of the saddest, most painful moments. Mm -hmm. Because this is where Ella, in my opinion breaks completely with her faith. Yes. There is no God. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to get a sign because he does not exist. And I am very curious because we don't follow up with this within this episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious if this is going to be addressed in the next one because going from someone as devout in the best kind of sense as Ella was mm. to God does not exist. God is not a thing. God is a figment of my imagination and I was basically an idiot to believe in him ever. There has to be more fallout than what we've already seen. Mm. And I'm really really curious where we're going with this but while I'm not a fan of religion or faith this hurt yeah (sighs) I worry I worry for her a lot and one of the reasons why I worry so much you know I started a little kind of a sheet for what about is happening with all the characters I showed you that one before it's so I can keep track so I can put together the previously ons and when I look at the column 
of Ella, there's mm-hmm. really not much that happened. Yeah. We're on episode five, and so far, Ella has been a good friend. Let me actually, I have it opened right here. So, episode one, Ella is protective of Dan. Episode two, Ella is very friendly with Lucifer. Episode three, Ella isn't back in church and takes off her cross. Episode four, is friends with Lucifer, and she is very good at her job. And this is episode five. So, what have you learned about Ella? Like, Chloe and Lucifer and Maze and even Eve in the last two episodes, they have so many things happening to them. There's so much writing on this page. I know. It's so much happening. Even Kinley, it feels... And he's only been in three episodes. Even Kinley feels like he had more to do in the first three episodes than Ella in five. So it's just sad. And I want to know more. And I feel like they are not giving her the proper space. And I want to see where this is going to go. My hope is that the descent into utterly losing her faith was easily done in the background. Mm -hmm. Because this has been consistent. Yes, that is true. This was easily done in the background without giving it too much space. Since even though the episodes are longer, we still have a certain limited time window. Mm. But now that she has completely broken with her faith, in my opinion, she needs the proper space. And so I'm really, really curious for the next episode. Yeah. But with this, let us go into the penultimate scene. Here, I want to point out for the final time in this episode, why does everyone like Eve? Chloe talking to Amenadiel that Eve might be good for Lucifer and Amenadiel not instantly going, but she might be dangerous for Lucifer when he pointed it out in the beginning himself, but now instead being at least amicably to this thought. All my alarm bells are ringing, my red flags are waving around my brain, like... No. Yeah. That's all the little sound of all the little people's people in Lena's head screaming yes. at her. Yeah. yeah, at the same time. At the same time. And while this was happening, my brain was engaged. And then they killed my heart because Amenadiel telling Chloe, this is why your father is so proud of you. And her going with the instant usual reaction, like, yeah, whatever, basically. Like, how would you know? And then catching on that Amenadiel actually knows. Yeah. And they don't say a word. It's all done with their faces. No, but this is once again, Lauren German fucking slays this season. But so does DB in this moment. Both of them, they don't say a word. Their faces speak the entire situation. It's beautiful to watch. It's just, it's a dialogue without any words. It's beautiful. It's It's so good. But as sweet as this scene is, it's also a bit creepy that apparently Amenity will talk to Daddy Decker about Chloe. Like, just a tiny bit creepy because he made her. Why not? Apes made Chloe happen. So him talking to Daddy Decker in heaven is kind of weird. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe he just looked up the direct relatives of the people that he's been involved with on Earth, you know? It just felt kind of icky. I don't know. A little bit. Well, I'm just gonna say one thing about this scene that hasn't been said yet, and that is, I actually do agree with Chloe when she says that Eve is exactly what Lucifer needs. 
Yeah, it's called a rebound. Yeah. He needs somebody <laughs> like Eve right now. I agree 100%. What's going to happen after that is we'll a see. question of an entire different matter. But as we have seen that Lucifer does kind of need somebody like Eve right now, we are going to go... Everybody needs somebody <laughs> to love. We're gonna go over to Penthouse for a short moment for our last scene to see him try to commit. And as we do that, we have the last song of the episode playing called Good as Gold by Moon Taxi. And that is the star of my Devils in the Music. So if you want to know more about this, head to the bonus. Whoop, whoop. I only have to say, everyone is in denial. Eve is in denial that Lucifer is not in love with someone else. Lucifer is in denial that he can actually pursue the relationship with Eve. Chloe is in denial that this is actually a good idea. Menadiel is in denial about something, probably. Dad is in denial. Everyone's in denial. And with this, the episode ends. Yeah. And now I'm in denial. <laughs> Well, it was about time. And now I'm in denial because this episode was fun, but it also was bland somehow. <laughs> it's nice that now we know that Lucy and Chloe are gonna keep working together, but else? The B-plot with the baby was utterly non-relevant in this episode. The darker Dan story got zero tracking except Dan trying to do the right thing and failing at recognizing the baddie. Ella is spiraling more and more out of faith with ending up breaking it completely, even though she survived a fucking bomb without cutting a single wire. <laughs> Lucifer knows that Chloe cares, but still goes willingly into the relationship with Eve. And I found it very interesting that he very explicitly does not answer Eve's question, we're really doing this, but he rather evades it. He says, let me make you a drink and we'll toast to it, which is not a yes. Mm -hmm. Chloe is surprisingly supportive of Eve for Lucifer. Talked about that at length during the episode. And Eve finally catches on that Chloe is who makes Lucy vulnerable. And so, again, the warning bells in my brain go, whoa, where's this gonna go? Because if Lucifer breaks Eve's heart and she knows that Chloe makes him vulnerable, maybe she's the one to end up killing him and sending him back to hell or something. I don't know, I don't know. The entire episode felt for me like a setup for the next one. Like this is the base and then next episode we're gonna get the proper story development and escalation, whirr, but it felt somehow lacking. On the bright side, I did get neither angry nor annoyed this time. So yay, Success. and let's see what happens in episode six. Yeah. Well, as I already mentioned on numerous occasions, and I know that I said I wasn't complaining about this anymore, but here I am. I was not the biggest fan of the case of the week because it somehow felt really blown out of proportion. As mentioned, why did he only shot Lucifer? Why everybody else was able to run around Lux and doing whatever the fuck they wanted and things like that? Ella is the thing I very much loved in this episode. Although... As we mentioned, the lack of faith is worrisome. Eve, Eve is just kind of infuriating right now for me because I'm so conflicted. Because she is fun and she is nice to everybody and 
we've talked about this at length. She is such a sunny, sunshine personality and she is trying to make everybody feel better and she's actually very good at it. But there is just something about her that makes me not trust her. As for Deckerstar, I truly, truly believe that Lucifer needs to explore being with Eve for now, the same way Chloe needed some time to deal with the divine truth. I am very glad, though, that she seems to be coming to terms with it now, and they will try to rebuild their work relationship, which we have seen on numerous occasions before, will definitely lead to the growth of their romantic relationship as well. And fucking finally, let's do that. Let's actually do that. And with this, we say thank you for listening. Please find us on our various social media. We love interacting with you either over there or when you send us emails to lucifer at taot-podcast.com. If you want to get even more personal and have secret chats with us on our exclusive Discord server, you can join our Patreon over at patreon.com slash taotpodcast. We have a whole bunch of different rewards, such as early release, merch, and hours of bonus content. Yes, Hours. If that sounds like too much pressure, you can help the show by leaving positive iTunes reviews. They really help. Or telling all your friends about us, because nothing beats a personal recommendation. Thank, Thank you. you! Bye! Bye.